love music, live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. Monday evening at just after 8pm. Welcome to Tapes Up. Derek Smith here to bring you another hour of Speedway news, views and interviews. My thanks to George Martin for sharing his wise words and thoughts last Monday night and to Brian Copeland for joining us by telephone. Available to download on podcast if you missed it. To tonight then, and a new experience here on Tapes Up as I'm joined here by not one, but two guests, although neither are a stranger to you. It's just about standing room only here in the studio as I welcome, in the same room, at the same time, Beric Bandits-minded Gary Tate and story-exclusive-minded, award-winning sports journalist, his words not mine, (laughs) Phil Laddig. Good evening to you both, guys. You and Derek. Good evening. This is cosy, isn't it? Three of us in the studio (laughs) this Monday night. Um, uh, Okay, if you two are sitting or standing comfortably, let's crack on. Here's what we have in store tonight. We will look back on Glasgow's midweek playoff semi-final battle with Somerset. Edinburgh closed their senior season at home to Newcastle on Friday night. A brand new world champion of the sport was crowned in Poland on Saturday. And we'll cast an interested eye at the other championship playoff semi-final, which currently stands at half-time. I, and I'll look to pick your brains, guys, as to the future focus of British Speedway with the AGM coming up in the next month or so. All to come, settle down and enjoy the ride. Gary and Phil, take your positions <laughs> and play along. Clutch in, throttle on, tapes up. OK, following the disappointment of the previous week's rain-off, Glasgow and Somerset were keen to get their league championship semi-final underway. Ashfield Stadium last Tuesday night was the setting as, with fairer weather above Glasgow, both sides would be uh, would reconvene at Ashfield Stadium and at full strength, ready to do battle. Guys, as we discussed in the last week, uh, on last week's show, George and I, it was an intriguing matchup between these two sides. Somerset perhaps looked to have the top end edge, I would suggest, but all things being equal, Glasgow probably had a better balance overall. But a, a, cl- a close tie was almost guaranteed. A fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually quite fascinating. Oh, the, the, the meeting itself was fantastic. I think the racing was. <laughs> top draw um, and everything had a had a moment on it every race had something on it and it, it did it, it was so well balanced it did come down to fine lines didn't it Gary yeah it did I mean it, it, it was nip and tuck all the way through and it was really just the last three races that uh, you know Glasgow hammered home the, you know the, the advantage but as Phil says I mean the racing was was really good I mean Rory Schlein was really good value in, mm-hmm. in a couple of his races and uh, I think just to bring the controversial point out I mean I think he actually did probably get that second place that was awarded in Heat 9 but uh, you know uh, from where I was standing anyway, but, and, and, and people around about but uh, you know the racing was really really good I agree with you it was always going to be a, a pretty nervy night and it was um, I think I think I, I sensed the, the Glasgow support were, were on edge and it, mm. it, it took him probably until the second half of the meeting for them to relax a little bit as, as, as the Tigers managed to, to get on, on top um, you, you mentioned Gary uh, Rory Schlein and he was very much in the mood early he beat Craig Cook, he beat Rasmus Jensen in his first couple of rides. Um, I think that six of the first eight heats, eight heats were shared, and there was only two points between the sides after heat uh, number eight. The score in the end, let's get to it, was Glasgow 51, Somerset 39, a 12-point first-leg advantage to the Tigers. And uh, I don't mind admitting, and I gave my score prediction last week, 12 points was quite a few more than I had led, allowed myself to expect and hope for. I, I would agree with you. I, I didn't see that coming. Um, everyone will talk about Heats 13 and 15 as being the key moments, Cook and Jensen. Um, but I felt that Heat 9 was a turning point. I thought the 5-1 Vissing and uh, Sam Jensen got, I think that was Heat 9. Yeah, I think that was, it a, was. It was yeah. a massive moment because it sort of broke Schlein's awe. And and it sort of kicked on from there that suddenly we can do something here. And, and Sam Jensen up to, up to that point hadn't hadn't scored. Mm-hmm. That's pointless in his first two rides. Gary, that was uh, would you agree with Phil? That was a bit of a, a catalyst for the the home side and the crowd on Tuesday night. Oh, absolutely! It certainly woke the crowd up because it was one of it was you know the race it up to that point in, in time. But uh, but yeah, to get that decision was was huge. Uh, and you're right, Phil. I mean, it broke, um, you know, Rory Schlein's kind of dominance on that, and uh, you kicked on from there. So the Tigers, you know, two points up on Somerset over the first half of the meeting on Tuesday night, and they stretched out another 10 points on Somerset in the second half. Phil, you touched on it. You, 
largely courtesy of uh, Cook and Rasmus Jensen, two five ones and each thirteen and fifteen, and in many ways that was the the critical difference, wasn't it? For me, uh, Rasmus has been the rider of the season in in and potentially both both leagues. He could win the title for Swindon yet as well in the in the Premiership. He's made such a massive difference, and uh, when you're Coming up against, if you know those two could possibly get an eight-point advantage from the last three heats, when you can do nothing about it, you yeah. can't pull it back. It's a, it's formidable to come up against them. They have been the best pair in the league mm. as they won the pairs championship. Just picking up some of the the, the scorers on Tuesday night: Rasmus Jensen top scored on fourteen, Craig Cook eleven. Only one heat win out of five rides for Craig. He did say afterwards in an interview he found the track conditions just a little bit to his uh, his dislike on, on Tuesday night. But eleven points nonetheless. Klaus Wissing I thought was imperious. He's had two heat wins mm-hmm. in a nine-point tally. And a special mention, I think, too, for Kyle Bickley, who scored eight points mm-hmm. from four rides at reserve. And, and that, too, was a big factor on Tuesday, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Kyle, Kyle's been scoring some really important points. I think one, one person I, I felt kind of sorry for was Connor Bailey, the, the effort that that lad put in yeah. to, to, to score. You know, when you look at the score chart, you think that's, that's a low score. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think he fell off, didn't he, when he was in a scoring position mm-hmm. as well. But, you know, the lad has something. But but one thing to go back to with Rasmus is the, the, the line that he chooses in the third and fourth when he is uh, on it is, uh, you know, it's great to watch. Do, do um, I, can, I can picture that. I can't remember if it was E30 or E15, if I'm honest, but I can remember, and Rasmus has done this a number of times this year. He's not necessarily—he's a very good gator, is Rasmus, but he missed the gate on E30 and E15 on Tuesday night. He was last coming off the second bend. But what a, what a turn of uh, of speed along the back straight. And he just weaves his way through through the opposition, if that's what he's got to do. And uh, he's not phased at all by chasing down some real talented riders. No, I mean that. Actually, I guess the, the the point. I mean, you've seen Craig Cook do it a number of times. Craig seems to go deep into the third and fourth, and then cut back the inside. Rasmus is just right round the the boards, I guess. But uh, but yeah, when you've got those two coming out and and he's certain in fifteen, you you can't fail to think. Well, you know, it's it's uh, more more often than not, it's going to be a five one for Glasgow. And listen, it takes two good sides to produce such a quality meeting, and, and credit to Somerset as well on Tuesday night. However, it was to to Glasgow's credit. I would suggest that Chris Harris and we know what he's capable of was reduced to just 7 points Nico Gavati restricted to 6 points and Rory Schlein just 9 after his blistering start on Tuesday night and I do feel when you look back at the scorers and some of those big heats Glasgow controlled Somerset just at the critical times I think on Tuesday They did in the the second half the Cook, Jensen and Vissing came into their own and uh, and they had to, and they, they really was that was going to be the turning point because there was another guy who I thought played a big part was Anders Rowe. I thought he was excellent. He was very good. He was yeah. really good, and I thought you always think there's going to be a key man, mm-hmm. and I thought he's going to pop out here, and he, and he'd won Heat Eight as well. And uh, but again, the the big boys came to play and. They, they did the business in the end. In the end then, on what was a very nervy night of semi-final speedway, a pretty good professional, solid team performance for the Tigers, a number of whom were complaining about feeling very much under the weather on Tuesday night, but thankfully then, just enough adrenaline in the tank to see Glasgow take that 12-point lead to Somerset the following evening, a place in the final and an extension to their season at stake. So to Wednesday night then, the the, the heavy rain and flooding in and around Somerset didn't at all affect conditions at the Oak Tree Arena as Glasgow made the return trip looking to book their place in that grand final. Both sides knew what they had to do. A titanic battle very much looked on the cards. Uh, All the talking leading up to the the, the semi-final second leg um, had very much been about uh, Glasgow had won there in the league. Rasmus and Craig had lifted the Pairs title there um, just last month. And simply put, Glasgow had little to fear going to Somerset on Wednesday night. I'm sure Cammy Brown wasn't quite saying that to his riders. Uh, no, uh, I mean at the end of the day, you know, a pairs event is a pairs event. I mean, it's great. You you had Rasmus and, and Craig there not that long ago, and uh, you know, had won that, um, and you had a good league performance. But you know, the playoffs are a, are a different, you know, a different animal, and you know, the conditions would be different potentially. So again, it was it was probably a, a containing job that uh, that Glasgow needed to do in the no last places and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I'm sure Cammy had them well warned uh, not to be complacent. And of course, as if Glasgow needed any reminders. That happened in heat number one. Craig Cook, I think, impeded himself at the start gate and Chris Harris and Anders Rowe scorched to a 5-1 in heat number one and that was four points clawed back immediately, Phil. Indeed, and then 
unexpectedly Nathan Stoneman come out in one heat too and I think then suddenly the alarm bells are ringing but again I think it's unsung heroes I think Kyle winning heat eight um, and I think Sam Jensen getting seven points was the, 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 these are the fine lines and they've made all the difference on the night Tigers found themselves six points down after just five heats the, the, the aggregate difference clearly reduced to six points at that point but uh, Tigers did what they've been doing all season long and they, they seem to have this I don't know if it's natural or otherwise but they have this resilience and they have this ability to dig themselves back into meetings and they've been doing it all season long uh, home and home and away home on occasion and certainly away from home uh, more often than not uh, that quality, and I think Leicester have it as well, Gary, is is often what makes the difference between a you know a, an average side and, and a side that's going to contend for silverware. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, Glasgow have this this ability to to kind of galvanise themselves if if things aren't quite going according to plan. Leicester. I mean, to be honest, all all of the sides that have made the playoffs have have been a bit like that, and they've been pretty consistent. You know, home and away. So uh, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. They've got. You need to dig deep, so to to get you know to the playoffs and and indeed the final. To the scoreline, then I've not mentioned it, but the the scoreline after thirteen heats on Wednesday night was thirty nine apiece. Job done for Glasgow. They could not then be overhauled. Somerset uh, threw in a four two and a five one to to win on the night. Uh, 48 points to 42 and the aggregate scoreline in the semi-final was Somerset 87 Glasgow 93 and uh, a grand final appearance for the Tigers for the first time in five seasons yeah and what I think you've touched on it just briefly there I think four of the team were suffering from heavy colds and I think they really that when we talk about digging deep they were rough and uh, that was the biggest worry going into the second leg I think for the management was that if one of these guys really sort of suffers, and that was Rasmus and Craig, and uh, Sam was uh, and Klaus, and, and Mikkel's now wasn't great either. So they, and I think they, it's very important to get that monkey off the back of three successive semi-final defeats, mm-hmm. and 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 Cammy had touched on it as well that they hadn't really performed in those three years. Um, so it was important to do that, and now it sort of sets them up with this the dreaded word momentum. <laughs> For the, whether they can produce it again, Gary, you can talk the talk, and you know team managers do talk the talk. They they big up their their team's chances, modestly or otherwise. But you know they're, they're not saying anything negative about their their prospects. But uh, for Glasgow to have the season that they've had, they've been nearly thereabouts all season long. They've now negotiated the, the semi-final. They've got past Somerset, and they're back in in that final. And uh, needless to say, with all that hard work behind them. We certainly don't want to lose the final this time around, do they? No, not at all. I mean, it's a, it's an occasion that, that needs to be enjoyed. Uh, I mean, it's okay for us to sit here saying that. I mean, I'm sure the riders will be feeling the, the um, you know, the, the the pressure, I guess. But I think the thing with Glasgow, um, for for me, is that they made the changes. They brought in Mikkel, B. Anderson, and, and Sam Jensen. And let's face it, you didn't really know how that was going to go. True, true. And then after the f- first couple of meetings, you think, you know. Are we going to get that, or are, are the Tigers going to get the momentum back? But they have done, um, and Sam's scoring some good points. Uh, I think probably more away from home than that than at home, mm-hmm. but uh, but he's he's doing pretty well. I think Michael Bianis is probably a little bit more of a concern for you, but I know he had a, a spill at uh, was it Red, Red Car? Car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know how 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 he is in terms of that, but uh, you know, the the team is as a team is is riding well. So you know, I'm sure they'll be they'll be going with optimism anyway. And point in case at Somerset on Wednesday, Clues Vissing and Sam Jensen both scored seven from five which is tremendous backup to uh, Rasmus and, and Craig Cook Kyle Bickley once again chipping in with six points from reserve Phil I know we've touched on it already but reserve points are every bit as vital as the heat leaders I, I always believe it's the reserve or an unsung hero and um, I think Klaus and Sam had got those points from four rides mainly um, they were chucked in the nominator because the Craig and Rasmus were, were not well so they'd done their job before then and um, I just think that there's little moments, and I think, we, again, Connor and Kyle and Sam, and, and I think Mikkel's got... I think Mikkel could be the... He's done not a lot lately, and I think it was a very, very hard start for him because we had a big gap when he's first signed, and he's struggled to sort of adapt since then. But he's got points in him as well, and I think one of these guys is going to be the one who 
comes up and be the hero in the end as well. Job done then, and a place in the final secured by Glasgow on Wednesday night at Somerset. Encouraging too to see that this was far from a two-man show again away from home. Sam Jensen, as I mentioned, seven points. Kyle Bickley, six points. And we know there's a match-winning contribution to come yet from Conor Bailey. So jubilation and sheer relief for Glasgow then, a six-point aggregate semi-final win, the Rebels disposed of, and the biggest domestic occasion in five years yet to come at Ashfield. One man who has played, as we've discussed, a huge part in that semi-final success, our young reserve, our young Cumbrian kid, Kyle Bickley, who joins me on the line now. Uh, thanks for joining us, Kyle. Um, obviously, it's been a a terrific week for the club. Two good performances from you, um, home and away against uh, Somerset. This is not sort of different territory for you. You were here last year with Workington, you're successful, so you must know what it's all about now. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's um, it's been a good couple of meetings. I've had a single paid fifteen points for so me, me, me uh, eight rides and on the two legs, and obviously my last ride at Somerset, we already got through, so. The pressure was sort of off, and it was just about staying injury-free, really. But mm-hmm. no, you know, it's, there was no pressure on me last year, and um, this year there's, you know, there's quite a bit of pressure on me in the, to produce some um, some points for the team because I think it's definitely vital if you have a if you have a reserve down there scoring some points, um, mm-hmm. and your your normal guys do the normal your normal sort of point scores. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the difference between winning and losing. So you know, it's. It's definitely, you know, against um, whoever goes through, it's going to be it's going to be a tough final, and um, I'm going to have to produce sort of the same points as I did in the semi. Fortunately, um, the majority of the Glasgow team have won titles. Um, obviously, Rasmus last year with yourself at Workington, Craig's done it before, so's Klaus. Um, do you think that makes a big difference when it comes to these sort of meetings? The sort of how to manage them, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean. Um, I'm no stranger to sort of pressure and um, needing to step up at big occasions. And, you know, Craig's been at the top and he's been up there. Rasmus, I, as you say, you know, the full team sort of, you know, they've got the experience um, in them sort of meetings. And, and I think we all know how to handle the pressure. Obviously, it's, it's new for Connor, but with it being so new for Connor, I don't think maybe, I think the pressure sort of eat off for him because he's, um, he only came in, you know, he's done a full season yet and he's, you know he's still learning just like I am. So, um, but yeah, I think it's it's vital you have people in the in the team that sort of know the way around these sort of meetings and know how to handle them. And obviously, there's two massive meetings for Glasgow to come: the grand final. Um, this is massive for Glasgow and for the club, and you expect two massive crowds. Is this obviously you've been in these situations before? I mean, have you done anything particular this year differently to prepare better? Because actually, funny enough, the, your meetings you had last year for Workington in the final were some of your best meetings. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, the pressure was off me last year in the final, and it was sort of the pressure was off me, but it, it was a big occasion, so I had a chance to sort of get my head clear. Um, and you know, step up and and sort of produce some points. Um, you know, I didn't need to produce any points, sort of speaking. And and it, you know, the league was tough last year, but it, it gave me just opportunity and some breathing space just to to do my own thing and and uh, concentrate and, and scoring for the team and and contributing to that final score. You know, because it you know come down to that that one last point um, in the final and semi, especially if, you know two tough teams and. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, Red Car, Leicester, Glasgow, you know, the, the two, three, um, you know, very experienced teams, and there's not much between them at the moment. So, um, you know, if we all if we all sort of chip in and do our thing, it's it, it's vital. In both the league clashes at Red Car and Leicester, Glasgow fared very well. I think Glasgow won at Red Car and lost at Leicester by two points. But you're going to tell me that means nothing when it comes to the final, whatever happens. No, it doesn't mean nothing, you know. Um, it's going to be, it, it could be a totally different score. Um, you know, I, I personally didn't have such a good uh, meeting at, at Leicester last time and and I struggled a little bit, so, you know, I can't get much worse than it last time. So if I can score, you know, like extra three or four points, there, there's your difference between winning and losing home and away. So, yeah, you, you can't sort of gauge your fight. You know, he's a good confidence booster to know that we were only two points behind down at Leicester and we won at Ricker. So, 
it's definitely a good confidence booster for the team to know that, you know, if we do what we did last time, we won't be far away. Um, just need that extra little bit sort of to um, to push us on. But um, no, I think I, it's, if we can get a good lead, it'll be um, it'll be good. Judging from the outside, there seems to be a momentum that there seems to be sort of a togetherness with the team and the, you had a terrific support and a very loud support I gather at Somerset So, and there was a great picture at the end with all of you sort of celebrating do you feel like you're caught up in that momentum a little bit and there's some you're going places? Yeah definitely we're on a bit of a, uh, a winning streak at the moment and um, we've all sort of hit form at the same time and that is crucial going into the sort of meetings like this because it gives us that extra bit of confidence to know this as a team, we've been producing, we've been getting on with each other, and um, you know we've been we've been winning races. Um, obviously, I've got uh, the knockout cup final, and I've still got a semi uh, with Bellevue as well. So I've sort of got to do this twice, sort of thing. But he's definitely a confidence booster. Same with Bellevue, you know, I'm I'm on a we're on a bit of a roll at the moment in both teams, and. Um, it is, it is crucial. OK, well, listen, thanks for your time, Kyle, and we obviously wish you all the best in the final in, in both leagues, and, uh, again, thanks for your time. Thank you. Kyle Bicklett on the line there and having a, a nice chat with you, Phil. And, uh, listen, this isn't the, isn't the Kyle Bickley show, of course, but uh, but let's let's give him the credit because I think I think it's easy to forget this is only Kyle's second full season at championship level. You touched on it in your interview with Kyle. Your last season, or his first season at this level with Workington, they swept all before them. And uh, Kyle doesn't know anything but success at this level. And here he is once again possibly chasing down another league title one. And of course, before that, he won the National League with Bellevue Colts the year before Workington. And um, he He's a curious kid, Carl. He's, he's quiet, unassuming, and he just goes about his stuff, and he doesn't... He's very level-headed. He doesn't throw himself into... There's certain riders who are young who, like Connor's an opposite guy. He'll go and bury himself in the air fence trying. Carl's a more steady, mm. more gating-orientated, and... and He's progressing at a good rate because of that, and it's but it's it's fascinating to see the two of them mixed together. Because but Carl has done a lot in his short career, but we sort of expect maybe too much of him, and yet he's been quite consistent this year, Gary. Oh, he has, he has. I mean, I think he's 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 put well over one and a half points in his in his average for this year. So you know, yeah. it's really really good uh, for him that he's showing. So you know, if he continues to um, you know improve at that that pace, you know, he's going to be. Uh, and when you think about it, Gary, you know, he he had that first season with Workington last year. It was a it was a struggle for him. It was a stretch for him to score for the majority of 2018. Towards the end of the year, he he was certainly doing that for the Comets, but 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 not you know, he's he's, he's remained on that trajectory of, begin, of getting better and better and better but factor into that that he's had a complete change of home track as well he, he has and, and obviously he did the, the hard season he, he came in as a really low average reserve against higher average you know it wasn't the, the 38 point team limit that, that he was in last year when he was at Workington so yeah he's uh, he's been doing well uh, and uh, you know I think that, that season with Workington really really set him up for this year and he's been scoring well so a nervy nervy week as was Glasgow fans are jubilant the season extended by a week or two until that grand final itself likely to now be held on the weekend of 18th 19th 20th of October Glasgow have the chance to be crowned as league champions for the first time since 2011 regardless of whether it will be Redcar or Leicester who provide the opposition who would now bet against Glasgow after the break we will look back to Edinburgh's final team meeting of the season a the half-time position in the Redcar Leicester semi-final. We'll talk to Charles Wright and dissect Saturday night's final and deciding Grand Prix of the year. And also I'll put Phil and Gary on the spot as I ask them to put the British Speedway world to rights. Back with you in two. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. 
Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from Junction 3 of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. Have you ever lost money on an investment? If a high street bank persuaded you to buy a stocks and shares ISA, unit trust or investment bond and you lost money, Goodwin Barrett can help you get back thousands of pounds in compensation. We've already helped thousands of people just like you claim back millions of pounds. Even if you don't have the investment anymore or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett make it easy to find out. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. Love music. Live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. You're listening to Tapes Up with Derek Smith, Gary Tate and Phil Lanning tonight on Rock Sport Radio. You can listen again to tonight's show and play back each show as the season progresses via podcast accessible from the Rock Sport website, else from your favourite podcast app. Friday night was... A farewell at Armadale Stadium to the class of 2019 as Edinburgh completed their outstanding championship fixture against Newcastle Diamonds. A win, as expected for the Monarchs, would see them climb into an 8th place finish, whilst the Diamonds would finish second bottom as they look forward to the Knockout Cup finale in a couple of weeks' time. There was a flurry of late changes to the Newcastle side for this one. Rider replacement was an operation for Thomas Jorgensen. Ryan McDonald stepped in for Danny Phillips. And Brock Nicol was a guest for the missing Lassie Bierre. Not a lot to aim for in this end-of-season affair, gents. Fair to suggest that the meeting was probably all but over. After just six heats or so as the Monarchs raced into a 16-point lead yeah, uh, I mean, I think it was the typical uh, end of end of season affair. I mean, uh, you know, I wasn't there on Friday night, but uh, looking at the scoreline, I don't think there was any surprise there. And I think probably there, did you not predict a fifty-four thirty-six win? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because in three of my three of the four predictions last week, I got bang on, bang on, including fifty-four thirty-six. Yeah, yeah. But uh, unfortunately for me, not even one number correct in the Euro Millions on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's uh, it, you could see that that Newcastle with the team that they had, they would have one eye on the the KO Cup final for with with red car. So uh, I suppose no real surprise there. No real surprise. Fifty four thirty six was the final scoreline. A big surprise though at the top of the scoreboard and probably the the standout rider on the night, Ulrich Ostergaard for the Diamonds. Fifteen points from six rides. Phil, where did that come from? I don't know, but he's had a. He's had a really strange year. He's, I think, it's he's had three or four clubs. That's he's right. Been like yeah. the nomad of the of the championship. And uh, the one thing about Auric is he gives everything wherever he goes. I mean, the, the, and he's one of these curious guys that I don't know why he doesn't nail down a team place because he's he gives it everything. And he's he actually I think he was top scorer of the night for Red Car when he was sacked when he, when they knocked Glasgow out of the car. Yeah, and yeah, so he yeah. he must be scratching his head to what he's got to do and he was good I mean, but likewise I think Edinburgh must be scratching their heads as well because I can't believe it's maybe, that it's maybe, Edinburgh side did what they uh, weren't in amongst anything it's very very unusual for them it's maybe the cost of putting lettering on the, the back of suits <laughs> or something but, yeah but, uh, but, but, but going back to you know, so the Monarchs won comfortably on, on Friday night Sam Masters another maximum for Sam 12 points from four rides Ricky Wells and what was rumoured to be possibly his farewell meeting for Edinburgh 12 points uh, from five rides uh, Josh Pickering eight and Willie Lawson once again chipping in with seven from reserve Gary and uh, 
as Phil just touched on, you know, you know, none of us are, are, are Edinburgh fans per se, but you know, we see the Monarchs a lot throughout the season. Uh, and uh, as Phil's touched on, you know, their home form this season has has been far from disastrous. I think they've only lost one meeting at home this season. I wouldn't remind Edinburgh fans who that was too, of course. But uh, away from home, they've just been a completely a completely different side, and that's where they've lost. All traction around the, the league championship chase, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose if you look at, at both Berwick and Edinburgh, they're kind of they're kind of similar uh, seasons. You know, they've they've been pretty strong at home. Um, we both lost one at home, and uh, but away from home, really nothing uh, nothing to show for. Uh, you know, and, and Edinburgh uh, that is unusual for Edinburgh, so they will be disappointed with that because they're usually usually competitive and they do pick up quite a few points away from home. Another uh, Masters class, see what I did there for Sam on Friday night, and a very strong performance, as we've mentioned, from Ricky Wells too. Silly season is upon us, whether we like it or not, and you know, rumours are already beginning to circulate around possible changes to lineups. Uh, even though this season hasn't finished, we're talking about lineups for next season, and there are some suggestions. Um, and I think a tweet from Ricky Wells on Friday fueled the fire a little bit that uh, maybe. There's a, a parting of company between Ricky and Edinburgh, Phil. Well, it certainly seems that way. I mean, it's nothing official, but Ricky sort of said thank you for the past three years, I think he said in his tweet. And um, I, again, I, I can't really fathom what's happened to Edinburgh this year. They've always in amongst it. They're always, you know, right in amongst the sort of the playoff chase. And it's just not happened this year. And I can't explain because at the start of the season, I would have said they were top four candidates. It's, but... Again, an awful lot of it might be like the same with Berwick. I think the fact that Redcar strengthened up mid-season, that was a, that the bringing Eric in, like Eric Rist, like they did, made such a big difference. I still think if it hadn't been for that, Edinburgh and Berwick would have been amongst the, the top four. But it just hasn't happened. You have seasons like that. Um, again, Ricky's had a season which even he would admit was probably not up to his usual standards. But I still think um, he's a very he's a quality rider but it's, it does seem like his time at Edinburgh is, is over Gary, the, the news coming out of Armadale later on on Friday um, the Edinburgh promotion signalling their intent already quite clearly for 2020 by announcing the re-signing of crowd favourites Sam Masters and Josh Picking, terrific news for all Monarchs fans, Gary. Yeah, I'm sure they're, they're overjoyed with that. I mean, Sam has been uh, outstanding since he, he resigned for, for Edinburgh. And, you know, I, I think we've said a number of times in this show, Josh Pickering, just, you know, the entertainment you get with that lad when he misses the gate is uh, is, is really good. So, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be over the moon with those first two signings. And Phil, just, just some comment that I've seen from some supporters, you know, for, for any club, not just Edinburgh, for any club to sign two heat leaders at this point before the 2019 season's finished before the AGM next month is there a is there a, any sense of risk in doing that do you think uh, not at all i think it's a terrific move i think whatever happens uh, with points limits if you've got those two on board that's you want to tell your fans you, it is a statement of intent i think it's a very wise thing to do and i think it it's actually because of the season they've had because they've sort of not reached their normal standard, to do that on the last night was quite a very clever PR move to sort of give everyone a bounce. If you look at all the social media around Edinburgh, all the fans are talking about next season of course. immediately. So yeah. it was, if, if it was me, I would have done the same thing, and I think it's a very, very sensible move. Good point, Phil. So with just the Northern Junior Riders Championship to come this Friday night, Edinburgh Monarchs' 2019 season has come to an end. They will be desperate to ensure that they feature in the Speedway Sharp End in 2020. Back to the Championship Playoff semi-finals now. The first leg of the other semi-final between Redcar and Leicester got underway on Teesside on Friday night. The home side Bears introduced former club number one Richard Lawson as a guest replacement for the injured Michael Palmtoft, where Leicester called in Kyle Howarth for the still-sidelined Richie Warrow. Gents, at this stage of the season, and given what's at stake, it seems that who gets what guest first could yet play a role in this semi-final? Possibly, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think that it's a valid point because I think when you get to this stage of the season, you want your own team and you want to know what you're going to get. And I think that Richard was particularly good on, on Friday night for, for Red Car, whereas Kyle was not as good for Leicester. Um, whether they've done better than their other 
the, who they're replacing is another thing. But again, that is a point, and it is it's it's not ideal. Uh, but from Glasgow's point of view, they've a full strength set, uh, team, and um, I think they'll be happy with that. And ironically, Gary, because the the, the original staging of the the, uh, the first leg at Redcar fell foul to the weather and was postponed, that the average has changed in the interim period. And Richard Lawson swapped sides essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, based on what you know, Phil was just said that uh, Richard scored well on uh, on Friday night. Um, you know, it could have been a different story that we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about because uh, he would have been riding for for Leicester. So uh, yeah, for the for the second leg, the, the the choice of guests will be key. I'm sure. The final score then from uh, Redcar on Friday night was the Bears forty nine. The Lions 41, so an eight-point first-leg advantage to Redcar to take to Leicester this Saturday night. Phil, you were in attendance at Redcar on Friday night. Imperfect weather in the lead-up had resulted in a particularly heavy track, I understand. What role do you feel that played in proceedings on Friday? It definitely helped Redcar. Um, I think they will, and I, well, I know for a fact, they feel like they missed an opportunity to have a, a bigger scoreline to take. They were 14 up after seven races it was all going to plan very heavy track suited their guys Leicester was struggling um, again we were talking about the fine lines in the in the Glasgow Somerset semi-final the same thing couple of uh, one engine failure and one fall has probably put the what most people think is the, the balance in Leicester's favour now being eight points Gary all things considered on Friday night who do you think would be the the happiest team manager when, when they woke up on Saturday morning Jade Mudway or Stuart Dixon I think from where Leicester were in the meeting, I think Stuart is probably the slightly, you know, more happier, uh, you know, manager. Because Jade, I think what, what you were saying there, Phil, about the, the the points that were kind of thrown away by by Redcar, you know, and, and I think it was in, it was at Nathan Greaves fell in yes. in fourteen, and there was a one five against Redcar. I mean that was that was big because he was in second place at the time. So I think Stuart will probably be the slightly happier of the two. But you know, eight points. There's no tactical substitutes uh, allowed in the playoffs. So you know, Redcar have just got to go there and, and give their all. Absolutely. In the thick of semi-final action on Friday night and top scoring for his side too was Redcar number one British champion Charles Wright who we can hear from now Thanks for joining us Charles well into October now the Bears reaping the reward of what has been a standout season knockout cup final still to come and leading the playoff semi-final at half time a hectic end of season for you Charles Yeah like I say we've had a good year obviously we made a few changes in the year and it's paid off Redcar finally got in the playoffs after all the years of failing and you know we're we're eight points up going from the first leg going into the second leg so uh, it's all to play for. We'll come back and talk about that that second leg uh, shortly. I introduced you as the British champion. Congratulations on on lifting that title in Manchester back in July. Do you feel you're now more of a target for the riders Charles ever since lifting that title? Uh, obviously, it's always in the back of your mind. Like there's a target, and everyone wants to beat the British champion. But you know, it's still uh, good for me in a way, as in like people and look at me as uh, a good rider, and uh, obviously a target on my back. So uh, no, it's, it's been a fantastic year for myself, and winning that's just a stepping stone again. Uh, absolutely, and be- you know, behind every success story in Speedway, there's lots of hard work, there's lots of investment. Um, within your own racing channels, do you feel that you've now stepped up a level and can chase bigger prizes, I guess? Yeah, like I say, that's, you know, I don't really set any goals, but, you know, as long as I'm going in the right direction, and it was a big step this year for myself, and uh, I couldn't be prouder. I've worked hard on and off the track machinery, uh, so I've got everything for me going at the minute and uh, let's hopefully we carry it on for years to come. Charles, I have to ask you about the, the Cardiff wild card. The, the history books will show you scored a highly creditable five points that night, but can you begin to put into words what the experience was like for you? Oh, like I say, being there as a kid and uh, obviously watching the racing and looking at my heroes and me now actually racing against all some of my heroes still and uh yeah it's a, a, sur- a surreal feeling for myself and uh you know i, I rode well on the day uh, i held my head high and i didn't disgrace myself and it just shows how far i've come over the 
last few years. Absolutely, Charles. You've certainly done the, the championship proud. But back to the championship playoffs. The Bears grounded out that eight-point first leg advantage to take to Leicester this coming Saturday. What's the mood in the in the Bears' camp at the moment? Quietly confident? Yeah, like I say, we let a few points go. I think we're 14 points up at one stage and, you know, all the team rode well and, you know, we seem to do better uh, away from home. So, you know, it, it's up for it. As I see, it's for them to lose, to be honest, you know, because if we get 5-1 in the first one, that puts us 12 up. So they've got to eat away at our aggregate score. So I think there's more pressure on them than us, to be honest. And for them to finish top of the league, I think there's a lot more pressure. And we're just going to go out and do our role. And I'll get behind all the boys and we should we should do well on the night. And Charles, I've got to ask you, where where the Bears to win through to the final? And, and what a story that would be in itself. What are your thoughts on facing Glasgow for the league title in a couple of weeks' time? Oh, it should be a good one. Like I say, again, our boys ride there well, so we're up for anything. And it'll be a big one because Glasgow haven't quite made it the last couple of years when they were predicted to. So it's a big thing for them to be in the final and you know, it, like I say, it would just be good for the Speedway world in every way. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're looking forward to it. But we just need to concentrate on trying to get through first. And uh, if we're there, we're there. So. And, looking beyond, and looking beyond the end of the season, Charles, I gather you're heading down under for some Sunshine Speedway. Quite a trip to look forward to. Yeah, like I say, I've probably known for a couple of months. But with... Cardiff and everything else that's been going on, I couldn't really commit to it. Uh, I just sort of keep it to the side, and you know I can't thank like ATPI and it, Ian Sinderson for making it possible for, possible for me. Uh, Ryan Sedgman, who's obviously the organizer out there, and it'll be a good experience for me and uh, one I'll never forget. Charles, right? Enjoy the Aussie sun on your back when you get there. Best of luck this week at Leicester, yeah. and may the best team win. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we'll have to wait until Saturday night then for that second leg to be staged at Leicester. Will Redcar be able to hang on to some of that eight-point lead by the end? Or will table-topping Leicester make home advantage count and make their way through to the final where Glasgow await? Putting you on the spot, who will it be for you guys? Good, Phil. Uh, <laughs> my gut feeling says Redcar. Um, I think, again, they've, they've got the, the championship riders, championship uh, champion in their team, Eric Riss. They've got the British champion. Um, Jordan Stewart gets round um, gets round Leicester, apparently. I think they're going to have Jake Allen as a guest. Just something about that they, they, they've already done this once. They went to Eastbourne in the Cup um, semi-final and they had to defend a lead, a similar lead, and they got a 5-1 and Heat 1 there. They know what it's about. Just I've got my That's my instinct. Gary, go on and disagree with them. Well, I was, but then now Phil's just told me that Jake Allen is the, well, the, Jake Allen is, is the guest. Now, Jake's on really good form, uh, and that kind of puts the cat amongst the pigeons. So I kind of agree. I think now I think Redcar can go down there and do it. A Glasgow Redcar final for you both. Well, let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's watch this space. Let's see what happens on Saturday. Away from British Speedway, Saturday night was crunch time as the World Championship chase reached its 2019 finale. Touron Poland was the impressive venue for the concluding round of this year's Grand Prix series. One thing was certain, the sport would be celebrating a brand new first-time world champion. Gents, with the 2019 series now finished, we'll talk about the result in just a second, looking back on it though, would you consider it to be one of the better, more exciting Grand Prix series? Yeah, I think I think the series this year has been very good. I think the the, the racing on the whole has been uh, you know fantastic, and I think the coverage you know the, that we've had on TV, BT Sport uh, has been uh, has been really really good. So yeah, I've I've really enjoyed this this series. Phil, do you subscribe to that? Totally. Um, it's it's always interesting when you get new names, and I think to have Leon Madsen come through and emerge from from nowhere really, and, and not effectively, mm -hmm. but he's, he's European champion, but. To, to make that big step up has been fascinating to see where he's tackled it. Um, and there's always something. I mean, last night, even the even when it's sort of you, someone's got a good lead, the way the format works is really interesting because it always gets very tense. And it's, it's always a good show. 
Let's talk about what did happen on Saturday night. The overall battle for the World Crown had been largely between just three or four riders in the latter part of the series, with Poland's, Poland's Bartosz Smarzlik, Denmark's Leon Madsen and Russia's Emil Safudinov set to battle for those top three places in the end. And it got very tense in the end on Saturday night. And despite a phenomenal performance from... Uh, Mr. Madsen, a seven ride maximum in a Grand Prix, which is quite outstanding, to be perfectly frank. It was the squeaky-voiced Polish superstar Bartosz Smarzlik who was crowned his country's third only ever world champion. The right result for you both? Certainly. I mean, I think Bartosz has been uh, is a worthy winner, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and surprising, though, that he is only the third Polish world champion. That's surprising but for that me. That is a but surprising statistic. I mean, there's a whole... Phil, you were talking uh, earlier off mic about the the, uh, the talent uh, conveyor belt coming out of Denmark in particular and Poland. And uh, in the under-21 world final, Poland occupied the, the top three places. Well, they obviously had Drabic, Smectala and Kubera uh, were the top three and within the next sort of two or three seasons they're going to be coming through it's it's frightening and uh, Hans Nielsen the Danish team manager told me there was at least a dozen more young Danes coming through as well which is <laughs> it is it's pretty terrifying when we think about World Cup finals or Speedway Nations that well, we're going for third places <laughs> <laughs> so once again a, ter- a terrific series, con- uh, series and congratulations indeed to new world champion Bartosz Smarzlik and once again a terrific and dramatic finale in Toron the, the track that just keeps giving year on year and uh, Phil you know the, the sport speedway always looks to to better itself, to grab more headlines, to you know, increase it, enhance its profile on the world sporting stage. Can uh, can Bartosz and, and Poland as combination help to benefit speedway around the around the globe? Oh, absolutely. I think if you look at what BSI are doing with the Grand Prix, the, the main selling point of that of, of what speedway needs is this sort of halo effect, um, and what that gives Speedway. When you see the scenes of uh, Schmarzlick last night, or sort of, I'm sorry, on Saturday night, where he was actually sort of going to the fans, and it was the great scenes in Torren, and it's a beautiful stadium, the Moto Arena. I mean, that's what that's what you want to see. You want to see big occasions and Speedway looking like it can compete with Formula One or, or great other Ryder Cups. That's what you want yeah. to see, isn't it? So a great series at an end and a brand new world champion for the sport to boast about. OK, let's have a quick look at the fixtures this coming week. There's not too many of them. Friday night at 6pm, an earlier start time at Armadale Stadium, the Northern Junior League Riders Championship. Uh, just remember, folks, the earlier start time at 6pm on Friday. And then on Saturday night, 7.30 tapes up Leicester versus Redcar. You've already said, both of you, that Redcar will do enough on aggregate to uh, go through to that final. So I won't ask you to repeat that. Let's make use of the time then to pick your brain. So uh, last week, on last week's Tapes Up, uh, George Martin and myself had a little bit of airtime uh, and some speedway therapy, quite frankly. <laughs> it gave us a chance just to empty our minds of uh, some of the some of the flaws as, as we see it. And it's not all about knocking speedway, it's just about trying to make things better. I know you two very well, and I know that, myself included, we're all very positive about British Speedway and about the sport. At its best, there is no other sport out there to to touch Speedway. You know, a a spectacular free kick, a second round knockout, a 30-foot putt, uh, running 100 metres in nine seconds. To me, and and I think to you guys as well, nothing can touch Speedway at its best. But uh, nonetheless... British Speedway in particular is, is our immediate focus and things could be rosier in the garden. Um, the profile could certainly be better, but uh, I'll stop talking and hand the mic over to you guys. Gary, let's start with you. And you don't have to come up with anything shiny and new that George and I didn't touch on, but maybe you want to develop something in a slightly different direction. But for, for you, at the AGM in November next month, what should British Speedway bosses be talking about? I think... The, the, the first thing that, that strikes me is that the Premier League consists of seven clubs and the Championship consists of 11. And I'd quite like to see if we can some way get the numbers much the same. Can can you get two leagues of of 10, for example, to, to, to do that? I know it's easier said than done, but I think just as a, as a comment, that, that would be my kind of, of view because, it, you know, right in, home and away in the Premiership, you know, that's home and away twice 
same teams. Mm -hmm. There's not the variety. It's a variety for me, and I think the fans would like variety. Plus, um, certainly more from the championship perspective, I think with the fixture list, I think it would be better for the supporter and for the clubs if we could look at having the fixture list in a way that allows for some northern tours and southern tours so that supporters can visit more tracks down south and that kind of thing. It's got, to, it's got to be good for business to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how easy or difficult it is, I don't know, but I don't think it's impossible. But it would just take quite a bit of effort effort to do. Um, and I think the last thing for me is, it's at the time of year now, we're in the playoffs, we've had a lot of postponements, the weather's not great. It was touched on last week. I think if we can get the league done and dusted by the end of August, would be ideal. And we've got three main competitions. We've got the KO Cup, we've got the League, we've got the Championship Shield. If we can get the Championship Shield done early, the League early, and leave the KO Cup until September and October, that's a shorter competition altogether. Maybe have that later in the year would be my kind of thought. Good points, Gary. It occurs to me that none of your suggestions there are radical and, and none of them necessarily impossible to achieve. Phil, your own thoughts? I, I totally agree with all those points Gary made, which is unusual for us to, to, to agree on anything. Um, but especially the last point, I feel that the, the season must end at the end of August and then put the other competitions on. Uh, these are our prim the massive fixtures, we, and we're now mucking about on tracks which are going to be wet and and uh, and sort of frostbitten almost. And, we, and sort of Workington last year ended up running their final meeting, and it was frosted off. That's uh, right, and yeah. so. Um, my perspective is slightly different. It's not a way. I, I think the product is right. I still think that there's still four blokes going around a, a shell track, which is still very exciting. Like we've seen on all levels, it can be very good. My feeling is that Speedway needs to come up into the 21st century with the way it presents itself. I think there should be a unified way of how meetings are presented, that it's better music, that it's more of a show, yep. that we sort of, instead of this, we're still sort of stuck in the dark ages, the way you actually, that the speedway's good enough. And that it, nowadays, kids and adults need to have, go into a show, you walk in and it's wham, bam, it's on. Uh, Glasgow have got a big screen now, which has made a big difference, but it needs to be, there needs to be a collectively, everywhere you go, Obviously, I'm connected with darts. I see the way they present darts, and that's revolutionised the sport and taken it into a different sphere. I'd like Speedway to do the same thing. If we see what happens with Torren and Cardiff for Grand Prix, need to replicate that into a more local level, and so that people are going to a show. That would that would be my ideal thing. Excellent. You both stunned me into semi-silence. Good points, well made. Gentlemen, I mean, Gary and Phil, sorry, we have reached the end, <laughs> reached the end of tonight's show. Once again, a wholesome roundup of all the action. Any final comments from you both? No, I think just to, to wish, uh, you know, depending on what happens in the second playoff semi-final, just, just to wish Glasgow and whoever they uh, are going to be riding against all the best. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody hopefully comes home safe kind of thing well it's obviously going to be Glasgow Leicester in the final because we've both just red <laughs> so, uh, sorry but, red car I, I just I hope that with the weather holds I think if we can get another couple of weeks of good weather and that these meetings are held on big crowds which are, are going to happen and good tracks and dry weather and everyone knows the meetings are on that's going to be great that's what I'd wish for Thank you both very much indeed for your time and input once again this evening. The biggest week of Glasgow season is still to come. Only one side now stands in their way of lifting the league title itself. The dates will be announced as soon as the other semi-final is complete, hopefully on Saturday night. We'll bring you all the news and previews in next week's show. Until then, enjoy your week, enjoy your speedway. Good night. Good night. Good night. Love music. Live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio.